0: traders welcome back to today's outlier live where we cover the biggest headlines of the day and what the ai trading data says about it our top story of the day are we finally seeing a break in the brutal rise in interest rates that could be on the horizon next cyber monday the sales for cyber monday just proved how difficult things are for the american consumer out there and lastly the disney ceo he just admitted he's in way over his head Tune in for all that more on today's Outlier Live. Are we finally looking at the end of the rise in these brutal interest rates we're seeing out there? Uh, I, I just had a conversation with the credit union yesterday. And I'm going to uh, mention this many times. Uh, I do a lot of consulting with financial institutions. And uh, we were talking about how so much has changed in the last couple of years, right? You went from cars and autos being in the two, maybe 3% range for, for cars and, and, uh, uh, and mortgages looking at, um, 3%, maybe 4% at some points for these mortgages. Now we're looking at eight, 9% for cars, seven, 8% for mortgages, right? The cost of finance, this debt, the cost of finance, these assets has doubled or tripled in some cases, but maybe just maybe we're going to start seeing some relief on that bank of america deutsche bank both predict interest rate cuts in 2024 and hey listen i am looking forward to that and if you're looking forward to that uh be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below and start trading with ai today head to obtlyr.com to see why outliers win all right let's take a look at the story here bank of america and deutsche bank both released outlooks on monday predicting the fed will implement interest rate cuts in the next year i'm on board let's do this thing right bank of america said its global research economists expect inflation to cool gradually across the globe allowing central banks to trim rates in the second half of 2024 and avert a global recession they've got to get ahead of this they've got to get ahead of this because one of the risks with raising these interest rates so high is people are just going to throw up their hands and say forget it i'm not even going to try Right? A lot of people have given up in the housing market. A lot of people have given up on the American dream because uh, what used to be an affordable house just four years ago, 2019, has now doubled in price in some places. At least, like my home, for example, has doubled in price, at least market value, I'm not selling anytime soon. And the uh, interest rates have nearly tripled. So now you've got a whole swath of people who want to move, but can't afford it, right? I don't know if I can afford this house that I live in today. And then you've got a whole bunch of people who need to move, but they can't get out of their house because they're stuck in it. They can't get into a new house because they can't afford it. So they're stuck. So if they continue to raise these interest rates, the economy is going to grind to a halt. Just fact, full stop. It's not an exaggeration. The economy is going to say, ah, no crash. Here we go. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but just think about it, right? If you went to the store and you could no longer buy groceries because of inflation, just think that you could no longer go out to the movies. Just think you could no longer go out to eat. A lot of people are dealing with that right now. I just watched this video yesterday. It was a nurse talking about how she went to school. She went to college. She has a great job. Her husband has a great job. They both work full time. And after they pay their bills, after they pay their mortgage, after they pay their uh, their electric bills, their, their groceries and all that, they got 300 bucks left over at the end of the month. $300 for the entire month. There's a lot of people that are struggling out there right now. And these rises in interest rates have definitely been a huge part of it, but we might finally be seeing some relief. We might finally be seeing that relief that we've all been hoping for. 2023 has defied almost everyone's expectations. Recessions that never came, rate cuts that didn't materialize, bond markets that didn't bounce, and vicious spurts and rising equities that pained pained most investors who remained cautiously underweight. Fancy speak to say, we haven't seen a crash yet. Yet. A lot of people are feeling a lot of pain, but they're continuing to spend. And they're continuing to spend on credit cards. Credit card debt's hitting all-time highs. And they're also saying, hey, the stock market's bounced back. So anybody who decided to take their cash out, they're pretty upset right now. But a lot of these people don't even have cash to invest anymore, right? We expect 2024 to be the year when central banks can successfully orchestrate a soft landing. They'll recognize that the downside risks may outnumber the upside ones. The downside risks are huge right now. The downside risks are really apparent to everybody out there. And they definitely outnumber the upsized ones. Let's continue on here. Deutsche bank has a little bit of a different opinion. They expects the U S dollar to enter a mild or they expects the U S to enter a mild recession in the first half of 2024, leading the fed to slash rates more aggressively than markets are currently pricing in. So while bank of America says, Hey, things are going to cool off. Things are going to come down. The, the fed's going to lower rates and people are going to be happy. Deutsche Bank's taking a different perspective, and they're saying people are are are, are pulled too far. I, I've talked about it many times. People the rubber band has pulled far too far and it's going to snap. And that's what uh Deutsche Bank is saying. And because of that, the Fed's gonna have to plummet rates. Uh, one of the things I talked about with this credit union yesterday was the fact that Jerome Powell has uh, nobody expected Jerome Powell to be the speed demon that he is, right? He's either all the way on the gas with raising rates or all the way on the brakes with lowering them down. And we've seen that in his tenure, right? Rates going up 300 basis points at a time, it feels like. Deutsche Bank expects an initial cut of 50 basis points by June, followed by another 125 uh, for the rest of the year. So nearly two entire uh, percentage points in the Fed funds. So that brings it down from about five and a quarter to about three and a half to 375, right? And traders are currently pricing in 4.48 as their future prices by December, 2024. The Fed has raised interest rates sharply in the past year, approving 11 increases in the hopes of crushing inflation. Now, by raising their rates, they cause asset prices to come down, but think of it this way, right? If I were to sell my home today and I'm only gonna be able to get buyers in the 8% range, That means, in order for them to even buy the house, I have to lower what I'm selling the house for. In order for them to get the payment that they need, I, as the seller, have to lower my price. That's how interest rates are affecting inflation. But that's not on everything, that's only on big ticket, uh, financeable purchases, if you want to think about that, (laughs) if you want to think about it that way. And so, where are we looking at today? Personally, I feel that the U.S. consumer is being pushed to the brink. If we don't start seeing real prices come down on everything from groceries, to toys, to electronics, to houses, to cars, to everything in between, if we don't start seeing prices come back down, what I think is going to happen is the credit card debt that's been rising in every direction in every sector is going to max out. And then we're looking at a fiscal cliff because nobody's going to be able to buy anything anyway, they have no savings left. They have nothing in their checking account at the end of the month and they have no credit cards. What do we do then? We watch, the economy, we watch the economy come to a screeching halt. But I don't know, what do I know? I'm just a guy on the internet. Let's take a look at what the uh, AI trading data says for Bank of America. We are just talking about Bank of America. So let's see what the AI trading data says about it. In fact, we got a sell signal just, just today, just today, November 29th, we got a sell signal on Bank of America. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if there is that much uh, problems, if there are that many problems out in the marketplace right now, that we'd be seeing uh, a institution that provides this financing start having these sell signals. and. If you've been seeing, if you had been following these uh, trading signals here, you'd have actually seen a 117.78% return. That's outstanding. And if you want to get your hands on these outstanding trading signals as well, head to OVTLYR.com to see why outliers win. Now let's go take a look at what the internet is saying about this, right? Let's get people's opinions out there. Let me scroll to the bottom here. Hang on, where'd it go? This is the fun part of doing it live. Come on comments, where'd you go? There they are. All right, this person says, LOL, this is the same Bank of America that gave the FBI customers credit card information, right? I wouldn't believe anyone from that bank. There really hasn't been any let up in inflation in general around the country, maybe in some places, but not overall. If they do lower interest rates, it's to save the housing market. They're gonna have to, that's a fact. And they're being told to do so by the Biden administration as 24 is an election year. It would not look good if the housing market tanked again and it would be the last nail in the coffin for the economy for the next decade. That was really well written right there. Amazon on cyber Monday just proved how bad the economy is out there. Cyber Monday beating expectations proves just how hard the American consumers are being hit right now, right? Some people want to spin it. Some people want to say that this record high, amazing Cyber Monday means that the American consumer is so happy, so excited, so ready to spend money. But the smart people out there, the people who are watching videos like this, they understand that that's not the case. In fact, they understand that the reason it's so high is because inflation's out of control. The reason that this is the highest black Friday ever. It's because people are hurting. When they used to be able to buy all of their Christmas for maybe $500, maybe $1,000. Now they're looking at $1,500, maybe even $2,000, maybe even more. So while they want to tout this as some huge accomplishment, some huge, amazing statistic, I read this and I say, bro, this is the problem. This is actually what the problem is right now. Cyber Monday sales reached 12.4 billion dollars driven by the worst possible thing, driven by buy now pay later. Driven by putting people in debt. This scared me. This legitimately scared me when I first read it. I'm like, "Oh no. Oh no. People are not able to afford Christmas. They're not going to tell tiny Tim this year that he can't have anything, but next year Next year, it may be completely over next year. They may not have anything for Christmas. Buy now, pay later is what helped bolster this uh, incredible spending spree. As some people want to call it, that's just not a good thing. It it may be true. It may be that people want to tell how great these sales are, but under the hood, that's not good at all. Spending on a highly anticipated cyber Monday reached a new record with consumers collectively doing doling out $12.4 billion, $12.4 billion, according to the latest data from Adobe. This is a 9% increase year over year and even outpaces the initial projection. Okay, this is where, this is specifically exactly where I said, oh, this is a problem. This is 9.6% higher year over year. What does that sound like? What does that sound like to me? That says, these are the same products that are now priced 10% higher due to inflation. So people are buying the same stuff, but now they have to spend 10% more. This is how I read it. Usage of such services, uh, like uh, the spending is largely being driven by buy now, pay later options as Americans grapple with high inflation. This scared me to death. Usage of these services hit an all-time high accounting for 940 million which is a 42% increase year over year. Let's break that down. Sales are let's call them 10% higher. Sales are 10% higher, that can be inflation. Use of buy now pay layer is up 42%. That that causes all the wrinkles in my forehead to stand up use of buy now, pay later has grown 42%. This right here, in my opinion, is what the American consumer is looking at. Prices may have gone up on these goods by 9.6%, but in order to afford this, they have to take 42% of their regular spending as debt. Because everything else has gone up. This scared the crap out of me when I read this. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. When people can't afford the buy now pay later, they've already maxed out their credit cards. They have no money left in their savings. They have no money left at the end of the month in their checking account. Now they're taking into buy now pay later, which isn't even included in their credit cards. There's a wall coming real soon, people. There is a systematic, huge economic barrier that we're heading right at, a brick wall we're heading straight toward. Since November 1st, the buy now pay later services accounted for $8.3 billion in total spending up 17% year over year. So just for Cyber Monday, 42% for the entire year, we're looking at 17%. And November is the biggest monthly change uh, on record for these payments here. And this underscores just how consumers are trying to buy gifts while managing their debt obligations amid persisting inflation, high interest rates and resumed student loan payments. Right. If I remember correctly, one of the huge talking points by the Democrats was we're going to pay off your student loans. When's that going to happen? Is that ever going to happen? I don't know. Maybe they'll roll that out right before uh, the voting begins in 2024. So they can get at least a couple more votes because they definitely didn't keep any of their promises this time. And the American consumer is so much worse off than it was four years ago. You can't tell me anybody's better off today than they were four years ago. It would be a very rare circumstance and a rare circumstance is a day where I go by with not a single package from Amazon on my doorstep. Let's take a look at what the AI trading data says about Amazon. Amazon got a sell signal two days ago. Two days ago, Amazon got a sell signal. So if you're an investor in Amazon, hey, now may be time to take your profits. And in fact, if you had been following these signal returns, you would have seen an 85.32% return. Now that is a pretty sweet holiday gift right there. If you're interested in getting your hands on some holiday gifts, just like these AI trading signals, head to obtlyr.com to see why outliers win. Now let's go take a look to see what the internet is saying about this story. Let's see, I'll take flexible payments because I can afford that. There's an old adage that says, how did you go broke? And it's gradually and then all at once. That's what this person's lining themselves up for. It's gradually I can afford it and all at once I have no money left. Yeah. So now overspending is called savvy. What are they going to think of Ness? I guess the high consumer debt has more to do with, I want it now than I need to eat. I think it's both, I think it's exactly both. If it's a gift and you have to finance it, it's really a burden, pay cash or don't buy it. That's some sage advice right there from the old Texan. Disney CEO Bob Iger just admitted, "Oh man, this job's way harder than I thought it would be." Right? This is actually his second stint as being CEO, and uh, while he says it's harder than uh, than he expected, he says, "Hey, being back feels great." Um, I don't know about that, Mr. Iger. I believe I just saw a stat yesterday that says Disney has lost seven hundred and fifty million dollars just on their movies. Imagine for a second, you are the CEO of a company and you had the decision of, should we make movies or should we just not lose $750 million? That, that's his decision here. I don't think they're going to stop making movies, but I definitely think that they have realized that their consumer base has rejected, completely handily rejected everything that Disney is putting out these days. Their theme park attendance is down. Their revenue their uh. their movies cannot at all catch a break. And what do they do? They continue to push the message. and now they're realizing, geez, that message just cost us seven hundred and fifty million dollars this year. We'd have been better off not doing anything. We've been better off with our feet up in the air. <laughs> with our feet up in the air, hands behind our head, relaxing on the beach. They're putting out these movies. Right. Disney CEO Bob Iger acknowledged that during a company-wide town hall on Tuesday, that his second stretch at the helm has proven way more difficult than he expected. Right. There's the face of a man who uh, can't catch a break in this market these days. Uh, Let's see. Iger returned to the role of Disney CEO in November of last year, a position he previously held from 2005 to 2020. Since his return, he sought to quiet the noise in the culture wars after his predecessor made moves that irked conservatives and sparked high profile political showdown. I don't know how true that is. I've actually heard the opposite. I heard a lot of these uh culture war initiatives were set in place by Bob, Bob Iger, in uh before his his departure in twenty twenty. And then Bob Chapek stepped in and Bob Chapek was cleaning up, right? Bob Chapek was trying to say, he actually came out and said one day, we don't want to be involved in all this, right? But the board, the investors, the ESG uh, pushers were all saying, Disney, you have to teach our kids all this stuff. You have to put this in every single piece of media you put out. You have to do this. And now they're losing money hand over fist. And Bob Igers realized very quickly after they've lost three quarters of a billion dollars this year, maybe we should quiet the noise in the culture wars because our stance on this is not working. In fact, let's take a look at what also is not working, which is their latest movie, Wish. Well, I have two boys. I have have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. We love all the Disney movies. Well, I should say we love all the old Disney movies. They've actually picked up on the fact that the new Disney movies suck. My 11-year-old's like, I don't want to go see this. I don't care. My 8-year-old's like, why would I want to go see that? These kind of movies used to pull in over a billion dollars. These kind of movies were guaranteed profits. These kind of movies dominated the number one spot for weeks and months at a time at the movie theaters. And now, they can't make any money. In fact, a lot of families are saying, I'm not going to go spend... 80 to $100, but I'll never forget. We went to go see the Minions, or Despicable Me 3. The one that had Baltazar Brat. We went to go see Despicable Me 3 in the theater. And my younger son, uh, I don't know, he was probably five at the time. He was like, "Man, I'm bored. And I'll never forget, his mom looked at him, and she was like, listen here, we just spent $85 to come watch this movie. You better sit down, shut up, and enjoy it. <laughs> And instead of taking that viewpoint, a lot of parents these this these days are like, it's coming on Disney Plus. Uh I'm not gonna go spend eighty five bucks when I'm already like planning on watching it on Disney Plus anyway. We already have Disney Plus, even though it's like doubled in price since it came out. We already have Disney Plus, so I'm just gonna wait till it comes out on that and save my eighty five bucks because inflation's hit me in every direction. Uh we don't have eighty five bucks to go spend on a movie that I don't think we're gonna like. Let's continue on with the article. It says here, the dismal theatrical opening for wishes. Film already has poor reviews, making it Disney's latest in a series of financial disappointments as the company struggles to bring audiences back to theaters and it grossed 31.7 million over its five day Thanksgiving weekend, which sounds great. 31.7 million sounds awesome. But when you realize the projected box box office was supposed to hit 50 million, so it's 60% of its projection in just the first week, 60%. And just like Captain Marvel or the Marvels or whatever it's called, this is going to tail off very quickly. Like the highest, the highest point of this just happened. So they're 60% less than what they expected. And it's only gonna go down from here. The Marvels, another Disney property, was down 80 something percent week over week in revenue. Nobody's going to buy, watch these Disney movies. Nobody's buying these tickets. And in addition to that, this film costs $200 million to produce. The Disney wish movie costs 200. It costs the company $200 million to produce. Now the rule of thumb, when it comes to the movie industry is you need to double the budget to account for, um, all of the theater revenue, all the advertising. And so it's going to take Disney $400 million in sales, at least to break even on this movie. Now let's say they only pull in a hundred million completely. Let's say that the entire theatrical run, they only pull in a hundred million dollars. That means this one movie cost $300 million in losses, because if it, if it, uh, if it's 200 to produce and another 200 to factor in all the costs and all the theaters, and you only make a hundred that's 300 million dollars the disney company is out they can't catch a break right they are not making anything these days only uh the the wish fell behind grossing uh let me rephrase that wish fell behind the opening weekend gross of nearly every other film produced by walt disney animation studios (laughs) the only two that i ever beat were flops like strange world and ryan the last dragon now let me tell you i actually went and paid to watch strange world with my kids 15 minutes into the movie my son looked at me and he said does that boy like you know where i'm going with this before i get canceled i had no idea that was coming and that was not a conversation i was ready to have in the middle of a movie where i went to just watch it with my family and get away And that's why people are turning away from Disney. It's supposed to be a family friendly company. But every time they turn around, they want to push the message. And because of that, families are saying, I don't want to push the message on my kids. I don't want to push that. They'll they'll learn all that in due time, but while we're going to the movies on Thanksgiving break, I'm not interested in having these conversations. Disney's animated films produced by Pixar tend to perform better at the box office, but Wish did not surpass the opening week in gross of any of them. And that includes Toy Story 2 and A Bug's Life, which came out in the 90s. And that is without adjusting for inflation. So it couldn't even beat a movie from 30 years ago without even adjusting for inflation. Hey, if you're just tuning in, my name is Christopher Yule, and we cover the biggest headlines of the day and what the AI trading data says about it. And if you're interested in that, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below and start trading with AI today. Head to OVTLYR.com to see why outliers win. So I can understand why Bob Iger is saying he can't catch a break. This is harder than he expected, right? Some critics noted that the film, which uh, was intended to celebrate the Walt Disney's 100th anniversary, appeared to be more of a corporate product than a magical event and a forced attempt to recapture some of that movie magic. Another person says their audiences are likely waiting to watch Wish at Home once it streams on Disney Plus, like I was saying, right? stating that the studio failed to create an urgency for audiences to head to the theaters and criticized the film as being more about a celebration of the company's birthday than a compelling piece of content. I'm not going to go pay 85 bucks to go to Disney's birthday party. No, <laughs> maybe they'll find somebody else too. But... Let's take a look at what the AI trading data says about the Disney company here. We actually got a buy signal back on November 8th. And you can see it's performed really well since that point there. And if you'd been following these signal returns, you'd have seen a 58.51% return. Not too shabby at all. So if you're interested in getting your hands on these AI trading signals, head to obtlyr.com to see why outliers win. Now let's go see what the internet says about this. I bet these are going to be juicy. Oh, I can't wait to see. Let's see. He drove Disney in the ditch before those behind left him to finish it. Walt was about wholesome family entertainment, not about the woke. Well, Bob, we don't need you and we don't need Disney, just like we don't need Bud Light and we don't need Target, simple. And I don't need to understand exactly how the YouTube algorithm works, but it tells me that one of these two videos is going to be perfect for the way to continue on your day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's Outlier Live, and I'll see you on the next episode.